Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, I'd now like to bring onto the program uh, the Legislative Council for Pacific Justice Institute, uh, Janice Laura. Now, Janice, you were brought on recently because there's so many state legislators out there that need assistance with regards to uh, legislation, uh, that need, you know, with regards to bills and uh, things like that, uh, impacting religious freedom, parents' rights, sanctity of life. Uh, we had so much of this happening, so many of these people coming to us requesting help, so many legislators, that we, and we were engaged in it, but we needed, we need someone on staff that really had the skill set and the time to really focus on positive bills and legislation, um, and, and you're doing just that. Uh, but I'd like to take a look at, first though, some of the post election news for 2023. Um, I guess there's several states, Ohio, Virginia, and Pennsylvania, that uh, had some uh, results. Uh, we have to take notice of this. We can't ignore it because we at PGI, we deal with lo- the Constitution and laws, but laws can change based on who's elected to office. So let's start with Ohio. What did Ohio uh, adopt recently that has so many Christians concerned? Sure. So in Ohio, issue one passed, which was a uh, voters approved the ballot measure to enshrine the right to an abortion in the Ohio state constitution, basically um, up until birth. Wow. Up until birth. Now, Ohio, people think of Ohio as a red state. You know, Republicans usually win Ohio. I think the last election by like, I know, 10 points or something like that, or 12 points. Uh, a lot of churches in Ohio. How could this happen? Yeah. I mean, this just, no, it just it doesn't make sense. Very, yeah, it was very interesting to see this, and particularly the amount of money that was spent um, on this ballot initiative. I think the latest numbers that we have, what was $18 million in favor of Issue 1 uh, versus $7 million in opposition. Oh, wow. So it was, it was way outspent. Yeah. Uh, and yet it's, I think, 56%, if I'm not mistaken. Was that the final count or something like that? It was over 50%, I know, that voted mm-hmm. for it. So it wasn't 60. So if they had the 60% yeah. limit, it wouldn't have made it through, but it was just 50%. Um, something that I thought was very disturbing when I looked at the, the breakdown uh, from, the, uh, from those who, who voted for it versus those who voted against it, um, in the black community, 81% voted for it. Now, my understanding is a large percentage of the black community goes to church. Right. Which to me says there's a lot of black pastors in Ohio that need to repent from their sin of not calling out abortion for what it is murder. Almost mm-hmm. 50% of all black babies are murdered by their mothers in the womb uh, through abortion. Uh, and the, pa- the pastors aren't speaking out against this. Uh, if black lives really matter, then black pastors should do what the word of God says, which is speak the, the, preach the truth and love. And that means 
calling out sin for what it is and calling out abortion. I think a lot of these pastors don't because such a large percentage of their congregation, they know, have, have done this, this hideous, murderous act of killing preborn babies. Uh, so, you know, I think, the tr- I think my point is it goes back to the church, um, you yeah. know, and our pastors. Then we also, of course, have pastors of liberal white churches that claim to be Christian that aren't even preaching from the gospel necessarily, yeah. that heretical and have rationalized this. You know, this is, you know, reminds me of 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, Janice, where, you know, God's word, or it says in the last days, perilous times will come. One of the things that will happen is in the church, they'll be uh, bringing up teachers to tell them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another part of the problem that we have among the church there in Ohio. But this is real concerning. Is there any uh, effort uh, underway or down the road that might uh, decide to take this up again with another constitutional amendment? Uh, challenging it, maybe, uh, maybe not a complete abolition of abortion, but uh, something like that uh, protects against abortion when there's a beating heart or the, the life of the mother is in danger or rape or incest. Anything along those lines at all that is possibly be considered that you've heard of to date? I so far I haven't heard of anything uh, being planned, but of course that's it's probably still in the back room with people deliberating. Yeah, I think that there are some um, proposals being floated around, nothing concrete. I think there's a lot of um, proposals for how to keep uh, women as safe as possible, um, how to maybe do some restrictions and regulations on um, clinics or um, Maybe uh, poss- uh, possibly with the um, the difference between the chemical abortion versus the surgical abortions. Um, I mean, as you know, I'm sure, Brad, that um, you know you have girls' mothers just taking pe- pills with no not they don't have to go to the doctor. They don't they can just do a telemedicine. So some restrictions around that. Okay, so some some measures to help reduce the risk to women, mm-hmm. um, even it. though they're engaging in abortion, we don't want them to to die also. Um, and at the same time, uh, measures that can help protect the the hum- humanity, the you know the, the saneness of it. I mean, chemical abortion is just is torture is more torturesome to the, the preborn mm-hmm. baby than surgical abortion. Uh, both of them are very torturous and very painful to the child. Uh, but having legislation also that would require uh, pain medicine, pain medication. Uh, you know, the abortion mills, Planned Parenthood hates that because it validates that there's someone there feeling pain so they'd rather torture them by the millions hideous torturous death than to have humanity because of their radical evil agenda what about virginia well virginia we saw um where the democrats they held the state senate and uh, flipped the state house which uh, is going to make it more difficult for governor youngkin to advance his legislative agenda um as you know, Governor Youngkin has been a very strong advocate for parental rights, especially in education and focusing on subjects uh, subjects in school rather than the sort of woke wokeness woke agenda, and um, that it's going to make his job a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine it will. Um, you know, there were so many parents that stood up for their rights in the election mm-hmm. before that. And and now it's just it's so discouraging to see how these some of these same voters have switched back 
to elect legislators that are against their rights as parents, that want to trample on their rights as parents there in Virginia. Okay, what about Pennsylvania? What's oh, a moment. Pennsylvania, they had an open seat on the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court, and the Democratic candidate won that seat. So that really fortifies the um, Democratic majority at Pennsylvania's highest court. And Pennsylvania is going to be a key uh, swing state in this uh, upcoming presidential election. So if there's massive fraud in Pennsylvania for a particular candidate running for president for the White House, uh, there's a better chance, unfortunately, that the, uh, the state Supreme Court of Pennsylvania might not look with the same degree of scrutiny uh, than otherwise. I'd like to think that the, you know, although they're Democrats, I like to think that they have integrity, that they can be objective and they can understand the importance of uh, scrutinizing um, determinations of, of balloting that may be uh, fraudulent. Uh, but that's a, that's a concern, I know, because at the end of the day, it's often the state Supreme Court, as we saw in Florida with the George Bush versus Gore election, the state Supreme Court that often makes that determination as to whether or not there needs to be a recount or whether it was fraud or et cetera. So um, that's concerning because Pennsylvania is a swing state, definitely. Mm -hmm. I understand in New York, there are some um, very favorable outcomes um, for, for people who are like pro-life, pro-Christian uh, you know, kind of candidates uh, there in the, in the state of New York that was uh, uh, very encouraging to those who, uh, who want to see leaders who have those kind of worldviews. Um, but uh, it, there are some definitely concerns. What about the, let's talk about the fourth branch of government, they call it, which is the, the, the bureaucrats, the administrative state. Yep. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, um, I recently was able to attend the National Religious Freedom in America Conference last month, and one of the panelists, um, we were sort of discussing what are our, what is our biggest um, threat to our civil liberties and our freedoms, and that's the administrative state is what came um, about, that that probably is what is, on a daily, regular basis, what is the, the biggest threat. Wow. So that's, that's significant when we look at the kind of tyranny that can, that can happen. What are some examples of the, the proposed guidance would, among other things, force employers and employees to do that we see coming from the EEOC, Equal Employment right. Opportunities Commission, there, which is a part of the bureaucratic mass? Yes. Last, last month, the EEOC released some guidance on what is considered um, harassment in the workplace. And um, what we saw is their guidance is going to force businesses and employees to basically bend the knee to the transgender um, ideology at the expense of other rights and freedoms, including free speech and religious liberties and freedoms. And so some examples of this of the proposal um, would force employees to use um, preferred pronouns from someone identifying as the opposite sex and would permit um, individuals to use the same bathrooms or uh, changing areas that were designated for the other biological set. Wow. Okay. So this is, this is radical. And this is, this wasn't adopted by Congress. This is just bureaucrats pronouncing this, uh, in this case, through the EEOC. Why is the EEOC uh, proposed guidance problematic in your perspective? 
Uh, well, the, first you have the, well, it goes beyond, way beyond what Congress intended. It goes beyond what the courts have said are, is required. Um, and the Sixth Circuit, I think, explicitly said, had a decision that was contrary to this proposal. So you really see where, you know, the unelected bureaucrats are really usurping the will of the people, the people who were elected or the, or the judges on the courts. Um, you also have, I mean, it far exceeds what the Supreme Court has um, outlined in some of their decisions as well. Right. And it clearly violates First Amendment protections. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, free exercise of religion, uh, even free speech. I mean, to compel people to say preferred pronouns that mm -hmm. violate their conscience. Who should ever be forced to affirm a lie? to encourage a, a confusion on anyone. I mean, I, as, as a matter of humanity, as, with a conscience, with, you know, even faith aside, how, how can someone compel someone to do that? But that's what the Biden administration is attempting to do, to right. force, and force all gonna... Christians to bow the knee to the LGBTQ God and mm -hmm. out of our mouths affirm them as Lord and affirm the pronouns which is ab abominable um, if, for someone who wants to really live, live for Christ in a real way. Right. Right. And this is going to affect employers, employees um, all throughout the country. And again, no legislator has cast a single vote in favor of this. Yeah, it's just all pronounced. It's mm -hmm. the power of the executive, it's the, pro the power of the presidency. People need to remember that. Um, you know... There's uh, people, pre presidents can have different personalities. They can have different demeanors. They can have different smiles. No. Um, they can look differently. But none of that is going to change these kind of policies. It's character and their conviction and their worldview. What do they stand for? And unfortunately, this administration stands for a lot of evil, outright evil, and which is what this is. This is an evil mandate uh, shackling people of faith all throughout America in the workplace. And I guess even arguably this could apply to public school teachers, right? Oh, correct. Yep. Yeah. So even our children are going to take have, have an impact from mm -hmm. this grotesque evil, dealing with pronouns, uh, letting, letting boys, teenage boys, strip and be naked in front of teenage girls in the girls' locker room while the girls are changing. You know, and most of these boys, even if they have real gender identity dysphoria or confusion, um, the studies show most of them are still turned on by looking at girls. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of perversion that this Biden administration is thrusting upon every public school in America. In our first part of the show, I talked about how public schools are spiritual death camps. We didn't even go into this part of it, of how it's just open to pushing open depravity. Um, on our children. This is a huge concern uh, that we need to, uh, to deal with and uh, need to be uh, addressing. Did you know that PJI is the only legal defense nonprofit in America that serves state citizens by fighting state legislatures across the country to ensure unconstitutional or corrupt bills don't become unconstitutional or corrupt laws? That's right, for over 12 years, PJI's Center for Public Policy has generated success by standing firm in opposition to unconstitutional or immoral state bills, which makes it easier for our allies in the legislatures to kill these kinds of wrongheaded and even depraved pieces of legislation. 
Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis, including our work through our Center for Public Policy, by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Well, I just wanted to, to thank you so much, uh, Janice, for being on this, this show. Uh, you've been very enlightening, very helpful, and uh, I just want you to keep up the great work that you're doing uh, to make a real difference as you work with legislators across the nation. Uh, God bless you and keep up the great work. Oh, thank you so much, Brad. It's my pleasure. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Thank you. You know, folks, uh, this is a whole new division of PJI. You know, we've, we've done a lot of work over the years with litigation. We have cases coast to coast, over 220 cases in active litigation, uh, suing state, local, federal governments, even private sector when they trounce upon people of faith, rights of parents over their kids, the sanctity of life. Um, we provided incredible resources, you know, like opt-out forms for parents, um, information on what to do if a social worker uh, approaches you or threatens to take your kids. Great information that every parent should have. But now we've gone upriver, and we now have a full-time legislative counsel, uh, Janice Laura, who you can tell is very sharp, and she is now working with state legislators across the nation to empower them to be able to adopt positive, proactive, aggressive legislation furthering religious freedom, parents' rights, and the sanctity of human life. Let me give you some examples of what we've already done. Uh, I already mentioned the, the school chaplains program in the past. Um, this has been very encouraging uh, moving forward to help uh, the, uh, you know, the, the people, the parents who have kids still in public schools in, in Texas, for those school districts that are still faith-friendly, uh, to be able to have uh, Christian school chaplains uh, at their school grounds working with kids. Um, you know, we already seen statistically what happens when, when we have Christian school chaplains on campuses, uh, the suicide rate goes all the way down, next to zero. Uh, we have drug abuse all the way down, teen pregnancy all the way down, school dropout all the way down. Uh, this has been tested in 23, over 23 million students in uh, public schools uh, in, in countries south of the border, in Central and South America. It's been absolutely incredible. Bolivia is totally behind it. Even though they're a communist country, they see the results of it, and they're behind it because they see the kids are not committing suicide, not doing drugs, they're graduating, not getting girls pregnant, and their society is going to become much more uh, productive because of it. Um, so that was fantastic. We got that in Texas. We're going to work with other states wishing to do that to enable them and giving school districts the option to do that. But also we were involved in school choice, uh, giving parents the, the freedom to decide you know, whether they're poor or rich. Do I want my child in a public school or do I want them in a private school or something else? Well, we worked with the state of Florida behind the scenes and assisted them in adopting legislation that is a wonderful model for the rest of the country. Uh, Governor DeSantis signed this into law. One of the questions that we dealt with was, should we just limit it to just certain group of people, maybe just to 
uh, people of a, of a low income or people who live in a school district where the school district's really bad, has bad scores? Or should we have it broad so that every parent has the choice? And we at PJI, we stood firm and were persuasive to convince the committee that we were working with to make sure that it was every parent with that right, not just some parents, every parent having that right to decide the best education for their child because parents know what's best for their children. Sorry to offend you, teachers union um, and, and those from the left. No, actually, I'm not sorry I offended you because um, you think that it takes a village. You think that the public school teachers um, and that the, the teachers union know what's best to indoctrinate children with and to, to do uh, and, and, and what uh, values to give kids. No, you don't. Uh, we've seen you screw up an entire nation of kids. And now it's time for parents to speak up and ideally for churches as well who feel called to start church homeschool co-ops for that matter. But so we, we had a great impact on Florida. And then we had an impact on six other states where our attorney out of our Oregon office testified and worked to draft legislation in six other states preventing biological boys from competing in, in girls' sports and using girls' locker rooms while girls were there, for being naked in front of the girls. Or a girl, for that matter, going in a boys' locker room and being naked in front of the boys. You know, not as common, but either way, it's still sick. It's still depravity. It's perversion. Um, and it victimizes girls. They're visually violated, potentially on a daily basis. Since when does that make sense? Since when does uh, that even psychologically make sense? That even a lot of our psychiatrists have put their head in the sand and signed off on this under the mode of, of being progressive and yet throwing out um, pages and pages and pages, volumes and volumes of why, why this is harmful and damaging for, ch for childhood development uh, among both boys and girls. So the good news is we've already made a lot of progress. But now we're making much more progress now that we have Janice Laura on, on board, and we're really excited about that. Um, if you have a, a legislator who you know of who would like to have our input, like our assistance, maybe supporting something they already have written or something they want to draft, or maybe to, and you're in a blue state and there's some horrific legislation, you want to, there's a legislator there that wants to, to fight it. Um, the good news also is that not only do we have Janice Laura helping them, but we have uh, offices all across the country, coast to coast, with attorneys that can testify in support of good legislation and testify in opposition to bad legislation if, re if simply requested or called upon to do so. This is really significant, folks. Uh, this God has given us at PGI, through his providence, a footprint across the nation like no other organization. We have, I believe, more cases, more people representing across the country than any other comparable organization of our kind. All our office spaces donated. <laughs> I mean, almost all our utilities expenses is, is donated. Um, and on the radio and on the media through this program, we're able to get out our information to make a, a, a major impact that's uh, going to impact a lot of people uh, for the kingdom. So there's a lot that is going on um, in a positive way. But what about the elections? What about the electoral process? Um, what, what can they do? What can we do regarding the 
the impact of, of elections. Well, we at Pacific Justice have something very exciting. It's our church engagement office. It's out of Palmdale, California. It's headed up by Pastor Peter Mord, M-O-R-D-H. Uh, he is, in his church, he's put together this office for PJI, and we have staff members there. And what they do is they connect with pastors and churches to enable them to have their voice heard. We're, uh, we're, in fact, we're a part of a, of a campaign called The Church Finds Its Voice, that P, where PJI is uh, working in cooperation with others uh, to make a real positive difference in this regard. But we at PGI have places that we can refer those people to to get all the information they need to be able to run a campaign uh, as well as be trained in how to be effective. We even gave a, a Zoom call uh, for newly elected school board members across the nation this year on how they can have a positive impact uh, as school board members and to be effective and to be, have the proper training. You know, we have a lot of Christians, for example, that go into wars. But do we just give them a gun and say, okay, go fight in the name of the Lord? No, we, we train them, right? They go to boot camp. Well, we at Pacific Justice, we help them in that regard. And we're going to do that more and more as the days progress. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.